We must live together as brothers or perish together as fools. That's a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. I'm AJ Fry and welcome to Mistakes Were Made, the podcast about the mistakes that we make and what we can learn from them. And I don't edit the interviews and I record only one take of this portion. So if I make a mistake here, I'll do my best to recover and move on. In my life, there's no one who I made more mistakes alongside than my younger brother, Mickey. We were little kids, adolescents, and teenagers uh, together. So many mistakes were made. Of course, we learned together too, as brothers do, until we went our separate ways in our early 20s. And while we're no longer as close as we once were, and not as close as some siblings are, we're still in touch, and there's love and mutual respect between us. It's just that, aside from both being fans of video games, our familial connection, and our childhoods, we don't have a ton in common anymore. (laughs) And we've spent most of our adult lives living in entirely different cities. Even when Mickey was briefly living here in Toronto for a year a decade ago, we didn't really hang out that often. We did cross paths, though, and you'll hear a story about that in a little bit, and a story that I asked my brother to save to tell me for the podcast, because the hints that I got about it from my parents made it sound like it would be perfect before mistakes were made. And, as you'll hear, it is. Uh, Last Sunday, Mickey came into town to uh, spend a week with my parents, and before we went out there to see them together, I managed to corner him here in my little micro-studio, and I got him to talk with me for a full half hour. Life has been pretty busy, and I didn't manage to get it ready for release last Monday, but it is ready now. So if you enjoy this episode, please leave a rating or drop a comment and tell your friends. I am still making all kinds of mistakes And if you've noticed one or have any idea of how I can improve this little podcast, I would love to hear it. So please send me any and all comments or criticisms. You can find me on all the things as at AJ Fry. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you in the future. All right, Mickey Fry. Welcome. How's it going? (laughs) It's fine. How are you? I'm all right. How'd you sleep last night? Wasn't too bad. You were on our fold-out couch in the other room. I was. Yeah. And you've just flown in from Kelowna, B.C. to visit our parents in Niagara Falls. At the moment, yes. <laughs> um, how old are you now, Mickey? 35. Yeah. That's the last month. Happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. Um, so you haven't listened to any of my podcasts yet? Nope. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Don't even know where to find them. On all the major podcasting platforms. All right. Just search AJ Fry or Mickey Fry now and you'll find it. I don't know. When this goes out tomorrow. Um, So yeah, it's mostly talking about mistakes and such, but I want people to get to know you um, a little bit first. And I guess by getting to know you, they'll get to know me a little bit because I don't think I've ever had anybody from my personal life on my podcast or on my YouTube channel or anything like that. No, you just talk about them. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I have talked about us on YouTube once, and I think you took issue with me framing us as having fought a lot as kids. You wouldn't say the same. I think you, as far as I remember, again, I only watched it once, and it was probably the only video I've watched. It was, uh, might have been the Valentine's, mm-hmm. when you were saying, it was like somehow you were, you were doing this really nice piece towards our parents, and then somehow you brought me up, <laughs> and then you were apologizing for... Our relationship is in high school and I was just, or whatever, and I was like, what? I don't remember it being like this. I don't know that I need an apology. I don't think we ever really had such a bad, I mean, we had some moments, I'm sure, but 
I don't know that I ever felt a, like even from after about 14 that there was any kind of like strain or anything that would have needed to be like, you know. You don't remember the day that I like walked, walked out and all the way to my course, girlfriend's yeah, house that was, in I think you were probably like, that was, you were grade nine. No. Yeah, I was, I know the name of the girl and I remember the date, like year that you would have dated but, her. Yeah, we, so we started dating <laughs> in, in grade nine. nine yeah, it was, but what that is that? That's grade like, 10 when okay, I walked so out. 14, 15, and what did I say? 16, anything after 16, I thought we were pretty cool. I suppose. I mean, you would have been doing your, your improv and I was like busy doing baseball. Like that was kind of the mo- times where we would have been. You know, on our own for the no longer forced to spend time together on account of being too young to be left on our own. Yeah, I thought I thought after that we were. I mean, that was probably the the last time I remember and have any real major blow up with you. Um, Yeah, I think we were just too busy. Do you remember what sparked that? Um, Yeah, I mean, from your perspective, what what happened? I, I think. If, that, if I'm not mistaken, and I do tell the story, it was the moment with the that chat program that we had on at Colonel By. Uh huh. Is that it? Not quite. No. Because <laughs> there was that part. There was the one the day where you had you had this nice poem up about smoking, and then everybody had misconstrued, misconstrued it, it as and being. I took the side of the cool kids. That's not quite what happened. Okay. That did happen. But yeah. the day that I walked out was, it was around that era, but um, I was like on my way either to school or home from school. And this van that was clearly being driven by some other kids in the school came like nearly up and off the road, like pretending like they were going to run me over. Um, See, I don't remember that. No? No. Uh, I came home and was telling the story of this happening to me, like to mom and dad. Um, yeah, they nearly ran me over and I was pretty sure it was this guy and this guy and this guy. Um, who, I'm not saying this guy because I am protecting their names. I Probably just don't, don't remember. really yeah, remember what their names were. But I remember they were definitely kids who go to our high school, or went to our high school, who were older than us. And you basically were like, well, if you didn't act as, as you do, you, they wouldn't have done this to you. Oh. So that's why I was like, what? You don't even have my back here. Like these guys were like pretending they were going to run me over. It was terrifying. Yeah. And something a 13 year old kid would say. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I, I apologize for it. Up and walked out of the house and over to my girlfriend's place, which was a stupid move because I didn't. It, she was, I don't know, like a 20 minute drive, but yeah, uphill a lot of the way. Walk. Yeah, I didn't get there to like, well, after she would have been in bed and I couldn't very well knock on her door. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i guilty. I definitely uh, was self-conscious as a kid and wanted to be part of the cool crowd at some times. And, uh, uh, so, we all did. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to make you feel no, bad I know. right now. I know. Well, I mean, I, can only, I can't do much about it now. Uh, yeah. But that the was... older version of me has been nothing but, uh, I mean, I talk about you as a kid and... Uh, even you in high school and everything is pretty much complimentary. I always remind people about how, um, you know, all the animations you used to make for school and just how you're kind of like years beyond anything anyone was doing at the time. And anybody Aww. that would have noticed, you know, I mean, I look back on it now. I'm like, oh, look, you know, this guy had something going on. You could obviously tell and you can just well, look at the. Uh, all right. Enough blowing smoke up yeah. my ass. Let's <laughs> talk about you and your baseball career, because I tell people about this. In fact, it was mentioned on the last episode of Mistakes Were Made that oh, dad wanted you to be a ball player and wanted me to be an entertainer. Um, and I'm I've, sure you would have wanted us to be anything, but yeah, that's just what we were doing. Um, 
but speaking of playing ball, did you, you were offered a scholarship to a military college in the States? I, mean, uh, I had the opportunity to go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there was, um, I, I played for a team that was the, the one coach was, um, basically pretty connected and he had, you know, some places where he could send you if you, if, you know, if, if you wanted to, there's a, you know, obviously a military school, not everybody's wanting to go there. So that was an opportunity I had. It would have been in New Mexico. Um, and yeah, I could have went there and I did get like a, a partial scholarship to a place in Michigan, which was just outside of Detroit. Um, and I think I, at that point was just kind of burnt out by playing baseball straight, you know, every, every week of every summer for the last three years and just all the time it took. And of course, mom and dad's financial contributions. I was just like, I don't think I want to do this to them. And a half scholarship to a school isn't a full one. And I don't want them to have to pay for me to go to schools mm. too after, after, you know, having me be in Hamilton and pursuing that. So that was kind of the end of it. Um, yeah, it was pretty, you know, immature decision at that time. But were so you the went. first of us to move out then? Did you move to Hamilton before I moved down to Toronto, or did you move I to Hamilton to shortly Hamilton after? after? Are you done that coffee, by the way? Yeah. That's in your hand. Sorry, I'm probably making some noise. Fidgeting um, away here. I would have moved to Hamilton a year, like the year after your high school. So if you were already in Toronto, then I would okay. have been in the second. And I'm, I don't know if you had the car. I ended up getting the car. You yeah, you had the car for a little while. Yeah. Mickey moved down to Hamilton because there was a really good baseball team out there that he could play for. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess you must have been the first. I guess so. Just barely. Yeah. You were the first of us to get our to get their license. I got my license for you? You did. Yeah. <laughs> you were in a rush to do it, whereas I was like, Yeah, mom and dad drive me places and I got friends who have cars. Yeah. I'm not in any major major rush to go get my license. It's funny. Um, so you're out in Kelowna now. How many places have you lived in Canada on your own? On my own, uh, would have been Hamilton, Toronto, Calgary, and Kelowna. I'm out with my girlfriend, so I, I don't officially, I guess, yeah, you can count that. Right, but you've you've traveled all over the place. You've been to Burning Man. Uh, not Burning Man. No. I, I've had tickets to Burning Man twice. I have talked myself out of it twice, <laughs> um, only because it is the last week of the summer um right before um the labor day weekend and i was in software development i was in school for programming and i did not want to have to start my school year off a week after that uh or not even a week like literally show up like after that was done and start school the next day so you want some recovery time from yeah burning exactly man. I was, so i uh Ended up talking myself out. Now I don't know if I'll ever go, which is really <laughs> sucks to think about. Um, I mean, it's getting a pretty way more popular now. So I mean, I, I kind of miss some some of the better years to go. But um, mm. but there's other festivals. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Burning there's Man? music festivals. There's a yeah. bunch. There's I mean, they're happening all over. There's a big money grab for many are taking inspiration from um, Burning, Burning Man, Man and yeah. Doing it in similar well, ways. I don't think a lot of, I mean, you, know, you want 20 minutes, I can go on that vibe. Um, Birdie Man is kind of a, its own thing. There's, I don't know that very many other other festivals will organically turn into something as such. Just the way that they had their, their whole mantra and um, the way that, you know, you're, there's no real, you don't spend, you're not supposed to spend money there. You are supposed right. to exchange things. 
um, which is, sucks for someone like me who's not very creative and, you know, <laughs> uh, I might be, would have to actually buy stuff and just give it out instead of actually being able to make it. Um, right. And now it's getting, it's not necessarily commercial, but I, I don't know that you have something that would happen like that that doesn't, isn't necessarily sponsored or, you know, everybody sees the money in festivals now. There's quite a bit of, well, it's, yeah, you got people in a locked-in location. You can provide services to them yeah, at a jacked-up price because they're just not going to be able to get it other places. Uh, but let's deviate from Burning Man for a second. Why yeah. were you nervous to do this podcast with me? It took me kind of pleading with you. I don't like talking on mic, and uh, I'm not very good at it, if you ask my dad. Um, <laughs> I think he would uh, argue, whoops, I think he would argue that you are very good at it. You just don't give yourself enough credit. I don't enunciate and I mumble and now it's, Those six, are some in the, problems. it's six in the morning in uh, Pacific Coast time. So, right. It's just not the time. I'm getting you at a, at a weak moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it is mistakes were made and we do share stories of mistakes that were made and, uh, we have a shared story of a of a weird night where things kind of went wrong that we can share on the podcast. Um, some years ago, there's an event here in Toronto called Nuit Blanche. Uh, this would have been probably mm, ten years, eleven years ago now. I would I turned twenty five in Toronto, so it would have been ten years ago. There you go. Um, and my then girlfriend and I, uh, not Zara, my my ex. Um, had acquired some MDMA and decided to take some MDMA before going out to see Nuit Blanche. Um, I had only done MDMA like maybe once or maybe twice before this. Um, it just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy if you're unfamiliar with what the drug does. Um, and so we're out and about, um, and it takes a while for it to take effect, maybe like 40 minutes before you really start to feel it. And so we consumed our MDMA and maybe walked for five minutes. And then I get a phone call from my father saying, uh, your brother is in trouble and needs help. Um, what was going on with you, Mickey? Um, so I was living in Toronto and uh, wasn't working very well. I, I just wasn't doing a lot of things right. Let's put it that way. Um, and one thing I was doing is uh, I used to wear my contacts, my daily contacts, probably for about a week uh. before I would change it up just to sort of save some money. Yeah, I was just kind of wearing them and, and stretching as much as I could. Um, and, well, I'll find out later. I'll get into that the story. But uh, I had woken up at some point in the night, I guess, whatever time you could have told me. I couldn't have looked at the clock at that time. No, and, uh, it was only like... 1130 maybe yeah. maybe quarter to midnight at this I had time. a crazy pain in one of my eyes and I, I couldn't even open it and it was just pretty much stuck closed yeah and uh wasn't able to look at light and yeah it was just more or less going through um yeah my, my eye was just totally messed I couldn't do anything so I uh had to um scale my house by feeling the walls and i mean i was in a bachelor's pad so it wasn't too bad and <laughs> i only had so many rooms um yeah. and uh try to find everything and uh yeah i think we had tried to get a hold of my uncle but he wasn't there and uh ag was the only other person we really knew in toronto and i called my parents and uh was yeah it's kind of just stuck at home with this like crazy pain in my eye when dad called me he was like um 
yeah, if I didn't get a hold of you, I was about to put my shoes on to drive down to Toronto to go get your brother myself. <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's okay, Dad. We'll, yeah, he definitely would have. We uh, were like, no, no, we'll, we'll go get him and deliver him to the hospital. So my ex and I uh, hopped in a cab and got over to your place and um, went upstairs and I was surprised that you actually answered the door for us. Uh, I think I had a toque on. You did? Yeah, I would have had a toque on. We brought my you eyes. down to the lobby and got you into another cab and got you off to the hospital. Got you checked in because Mickey just couldn't see anything. And then we spent, I guess, about six hours on MDMA sitting with my brother who couldn't see or really do anything in yeah. excruciating pain in a hospital waiting room on the night of Nuit Blanche while all kinds of crazy people came in with all kinds of horrible injuries and ailments. Um, the weirdest part for me was not all the weird people. Yeah. It was the fact that my brother had just told me that he was on MDMA <laughs> and I didn't even know, like, no, he had done drugs before. He had always been super adamant about never having a cigarette and never doing drugs. And then the first time, and this is, you know, someone who's done MDMA, uh, <laughs> he's telling me he's on MDMA. I can't even like enjoy it or see it or laugh at him or, you know, and it was just like, oh man, I'm missing out on this. And so I had to go with him. And of course, like, I'm just wondering, like, you know, like, like how big their eyes are, like, you yeah. know, what, like what their faces are, like, are they stressed right now? And I'm sitting there with it, like, you know, basically in the back of a cab with, with a two gone <laughs> staring at the ground. And then they had to drag me into, I don't even know. I, again, I, we could, you could bring me there right now. I wouldn't know if you were there, uh, um, whatever hospital that was. I'm trying to remember which hospital it's the one on Bathurst by, um, by Dundas. I'm blanking on the name of it right now. I don't think I did myself any favors because when they asked me the pain, I think, I don't know if I, you know, that whole one to 10 thing. I think it was the first uh, time I was in the, in the I hospital think that's, for that. I don't yeah. think it mattered though because there was somebody, like literally there was, yeah. I mean, you could tell me. I All I remember is there was family crying. Yes. Um, and then there was some crackhead that had come in. There was a woman that who was, was like literally harassing people as like, and I could hear her. Who probably should have been helped really quickly to prevent her from bothering all the people around us. But yeah. yeah, she definitely, I remember there was a woman who, um, had like a pretty severely injured foot, um, who just was like, seemed alone and just seemed to be having like a really bad night who, um, I know if I had been there with Zara. Zara would have made friends with that girl and we would have kept her company. Yeah. But my ex was not very friendly. And this was something Nicole would have done too. Yeah. But we just kept to ourselves. And I remember they had like word searches. <laughs> so we were trying to do word Imagine searches. Being too. in a very bright oh, yeah. room. Hospital waiting room. MDMA, that would just suck. It was all the all the for hours. Of, yeah, and just the energy of the people. I wouldn't have been. And the kicker was we waited there with you for so long. And then we're like, okay, well, we don't know when they're gonna see you. We haven't had food. We're you know tired. Um are are you okay if we just head out? And then I think within what, thirty minutes said, yeah, of us. Yeah, that. you were like, Yeah, it's okay. You've been waiting with me all night. And we left, and within thirty minutes you were scene and then like an hour later you were sent home yeah no so we could have just hung out for another hour and kept you company yeah i um for any of the listeners and i tell this to everybody now uh -oh. um 
when you wear a contact overnight, it creates a very warm bed, is what they described to me, for, for bacteria. So you don't want to do it often. <laughs> and yeah, so I, uh, that was something I definitely made changes to. But I got LASIK eye surgery now, so I don't even have to worry about that. Nice. When did you get LASIK? That was, let's see, probably six or seven years ago. Oh, okay. I have done that one last time I was in Ottawa for a little while. I think maybe 27. Okay. So, good, well, great decision. There was there was the first of our mistake stories of yep. taking MDMA and winding up in a hospital waiting room. You've got another one that I think has been like two years in the hopper for me. Mom and dad were like, you got to hear the story of what happened to Mickey. It's unbelievable. Well, it happened this year, is it? Oh, it happened this one? year? Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like it's been um, a how long much time, time coming. Got... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I uh, will do my best. Um yeah, you got you got the storytelling skills. Um, so to try to set this up, I my last job in Calgary. So we just moved to Kelowna, uh, beginning of 2019. My last job in Calgary, um, I had a way cooler title, but I was a glorified delivery man for a major, um, major energy uh, drink. Yeah. Um, and so it was it was a good job, but it wasn't something I really wanted to get into full time when I got to Kelowna. So you'd basically just go store to store, adjust yeah. their display cases, make Drop sure they're reordering, product. that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it was a pretty hectic job. I had probably 10 hours of work that I was always trying to squeeze into eight. So I spent a lot of time just like stressed out. And I was like, oh, I mean, I could do this in Kelowna, but it wasn't really, you know, I moved to BC to relax. Out. Yeah. That's relax. why people go to BC. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, so of course, after we got to Kelowna with my 12 years of restaurant experience and 15 years of employment, Nicole got the first job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. So um, it was about a month after that. Um, I think I saw a posting for just like a general warehouse help at a, at a vending machine um, company uh, that delivers like products to vending machines. And it was a... It was a part-time job. So I was like, oh, I might as well just apply for this. It was just going to be a part-time job. Something to keep me, you know, just get some money in my pocket. And um, ended up uh, talking with the guy there. Uh, by the time, I don't know, I followed up with him. And then apparently they didn't really need somebody to do the warehouse. But he did need somebody to drive um, one of the vans. And I was, at that point, I was like, I didn't really want to do it. But I was like, I need to get some income. So at least I'll, I guess I can try it. Um, so I used to drive a smaller, like one of those step-in vans, like a um, like a movie van that you know you can like a cube, cube truck. Yeah, yeah. So you can like flip the back out. You can step. You can step in essentially. There's yeah. The, and then so the van they ended up putting me in was a uh, a box truck. So you know you can imagine it's got the the lever on the back, you know, zzz, down all the way down, right, all the way up. Just way bigger than anything I've ever driven. And I mean, we grew up on. I mean, the biggest thing we had was a station wagon. So yeah. it was just not wasn't really my jam when I was doing it in Calgary. Definitely was like, oh, you know, I don't really want to try this thing, but okay, I guess I'll do it. Um, and, uh, the other reason was the thing was that, uh, it was not a local route. So where were they sending you? They were sending me to Kamloops. Oh, um, which was only going to happen every, well, it was like one, a once a week thing. But so the one crazy day that I did have, it was, it was the Friday and, uh, they needed me to go out to Kamloops, um, in this box truck. And, you know, I've 
I haven't done much of the BC mountain drive. I've driven to BC a few times, but I'm not a big mountain driver. I do it every once in a while, maybe like once or twice a season. And are you driving an empty or a full truck? Uh, it would have been full. Uh, yeah, I spent two hours in the morning loading it with pallets, which kind of put me off, uh, off of my timing schedule. So I'm already kind of, you know, this is a thing, a big thing with me is I'm just didn't really want to work more than eight hours. I'm like, okay, it's a two hour drive there. I'm going to spend six there. I'm going to drive back or four there. And I'm going to drive back. Like it's going to be a pretty quick trip or it was like maybe an hour and a half. So, you know, my whole goal is it's, I've been here at seven in the morning. I want to be home by at least five. Right. Um, and, uh, right before I leave, uh, I noticed that the gas is probably about maybe say just over a quarter tank or like, you know, three, maybe a third tank full. And I was like, I mentioned it to him. I was like, that it doesn't look that much gas. Yeah. I'm like, can you give me a card so that I could fill up? And you know, the one guy just, the, they called the one guy who's, who I'm supposed to meet in Kamloops and he says, Oh yeah, you should be good. <laughs> okay. And I'm of course, like I could have filled up my own car, but I, I just started working for this company. It's all, um, it's compared to the, where I worked in Calgary. It is night and day. It's not very well run. Um, yeah. And I wasn't really sure I was going to get my money back or I just, you know, I definitely didn't want to spend more money just to go work and make money. It was just, didn't have really... you even been paid at this point? Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they were, it was, they were straight up. It didn't turn out badly, but I just was like, I don't really want to put my own money. No, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they should, they should be doing this. This is the basic thing when you got delivery drivers. Um, and they should have loaded my van too. Like I released, I was used to that. That's sort of where I came from. So I was already just like, okay, this is great. This is, and, uh, so anyway, so I take off for, for Kamloops. Um, so in between Kamloops and, and Kelowna is Vernon. Um, that's the other major town um, halfway, well, about halfway to Kamloops. So you get to Vernon, and then it's a kind of a straight shot of windy uh, one-lane roads to Kamloops. Um, and this is, uh, what, in probably February, so it was pretty, you know, it was, it was kind of snowy. Mm-hmm. Um, get to Ka- uh, to Vernon. The gas isn't showing me any signs of being out. And then, uh, basically, as soon as I leave Vernon, um, the gas light goes off. So it's telling me that I need gas. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, this is this sucks. Uh, I'll just pull over to a gas station when I see one. Um, and again, this is one lane, and this is on a side of a mountain because there's. A, I mean, I obviously can't. Can't gesture for the podcast. There's two two highways that go to Kamloops. There's like one, and they're both on one side of like a bit, you know, more or less a mountain. Yeah. And I'm on the left hand side, or I guess would have been the west side. And my gas light's going out, and I'm like, I don't know when this thing's gonna stop, and I'm just gonna have to get a gas. And then I think I must have drove 20 minutes out, and I see a gas station. Of course, it's closed. Like they're doing some construction on it. I'm like, okay. Uh oh. I'll just keep driving. And I called my managers, and I was like, I halfway to Kamloops I don't know if I, I don't have enough gas to get there and like oh yeah you'll be fine you'll be fine so I'm driving a big box truck like literally a 20 foot box truck like I'm going on a one lane road I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna end up stopping in the middle sorry I'm gonna end up stopping in the middle of this or whatever so I'm already stressed I'm already like I'm two hours late I'm now I'm I have almost no gas and I gotta go all the way to Kamloops and I swear to you there was not after that one gas station there was not a single other gas station to Kamloops so if you're ever doing that from Vernon to Kamloops, gas up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I made it all basically right outside of Kamloops. It was the first time I, I found a gas station, so I stopped and I had to fill up gas, which, of course, made me a little bit more late. So now I'm like, 
you know, it's three hours in, I'm just getting to Kamloops. Um, you know, had a bit of a breakdown, like just mentally, I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be like, this day is just not going well. Yeah. Um, so I got to Kamloops, we had to unpack the whole truck into a storage place, which I was still supposed to actually go and fill up, um, products and like into vending machines at this point. But this is like, I don't even know, it would have been like one or two o'clock by the time we got everything out of the, out of the truck and, and, you know, I kind of let the guy know, I was like, look, man, I'm like, I, I'm already on edge. Like I was already like, I've been, I yeah. just drove here with no gas. I don't really want to be here for that long. Like, and then it's like, now I'm looking over my shoulder and it's starting to snow. So, um, and there are regulations as to how long you're supposed to have a driver driving for. Well, that, yeah. And I mean, again, I, I hadn't eaten breakfast. I usually don't eat breakfast. I hadn't stopped for food. I'm, you know, don't even, I didn't have time to stop for coffee. So I'm just like, I, you know, I'm like, I don't want to not have this job or whatever. I was just like, I, anyway, so he's like, all right, well, let's just do some, uh, you know, let's get some things done and then I'll, I'll get you out here and we can, uh, go fill up your gas tank. And I was like, okay, cool. So kind of just get on with it. Um, and again, it's starting to snow a little bit. I wasn't, I was paying attention to that cause I'm like, you know, I don't know these roads. I'm like, I'm driving this big box truck. I don't really want to be driving. And so we, we go and get some stuff done and then, uh, take off. This is at the, the local university. And so I follow him, um, through cam loops and we go into a gas station and I'm thinking he's pointing me the right way. Cause I'm only driven to cam loops once before. And so we fill up our gas and then I start following him out of cam loops. And then I get maybe 15 minutes down, down the road and realize like, this isn't the road that I came up on and I'm looking around. And so I end up pulling off to, like off of one of the, um, the off ramps. Yeah. I throw on my Google maps and it tells me, Oh, you can just like, you know, take a right here and go this way. And you know, this is, I forget if it was duck range road or something, something very similar. And so I think at that moment, if there was like, you know, he knew he fucked up, like that's when that video starts. Um, uh-huh. So I end up, you know, going with what Google Maps tells me. And so this is what, probably like six o'clock now. And like, it's been snowing. It's an actual snowstorm. And I'm in a box truck and I'm going down this thing called Duck Range Road. So I'm driving through basically like old, like, you know, older country roads. And what I don't know is like, I'm driving into the mountain. So like, there's this side of the highway. There's the, like, there's the left side of the highway on the, on one side of the mountain. There's the, the sorry, the, um, the road on the other side of the mountain that I'm trying to get to, which is the one I came up on and it's having me drive through the mountain to get there on fresh. Oh yeah. In a box truck on fresh snow. And like, I'm, and it's at six o'clock. So it's already dark and I'm driving, you know, and I mean, I really, I've ever since I've, I've wanted to go back, but yeah, I'm, I'm having a bit of freak. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm following Google maps and you know, all I'm doing is just getting deeper and deeper into this. And I'm going up like, you know, little elevated hills and, you know, I'm like looking around at the same time, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, this is a really nice area. Like I didn't know people live this like far into the mountain and like, you know, wanting to admire, but then I'm also just like, I don't know where I'm going. And then, <laughs> um, I got about maybe 50, again, 15, 20 minutes into this thing. And then I, I ended up getting to a point where the hill started to go pretty high up and it's telling, and I mean, Google maps is telling me that's the way to go. So I started driving the box truck, box truck up. And I made it about, let's see, 30 feet. And then the box truck started spinning its wheels and it literally 
started reversing on me and oh, crap. slid backwards and ended up <laughs> I got I went about five feet deep into the side of the snow. Like I, I was up a hill and it went right back into um right back into a snowbank. Right. And I'm in I don't know where I am. I, I look around, it's almost like a dream. Like I can see like houses in the distance, but I can't see a street sign. Um there's no sign of life. It's fresh powder, so everything's quiet. Yeah. And I'm like standing outside. I'm just like, <laughs> like looking around. Like I, what, how did I get myself into this again? Like, this is exactly what I like did not want to do a delivery driver. Like I'm like every sign pointed to me being here and I didn't see it, you know? And I'm like, I don't even, I mean, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I don't know. There's no address. I'm like, I don't want to start. I can hear dogs barking in the distance. I'm not going to go, you know, knock on somebody's door and be like, I'm driving a big, you know, yeah, big yeah. truck with a bunch of candy on it. Can you like help me out? And so I'm standing there just like, okay. So I end up calling my manager and he, was, he ends up calling one of the, the total. Again, I'm basically brand new to clone. I don't even know. I don't have my, uh, my uh, CAA, which is like the, um, you know, the guys you can call when you want your, your something towed. So I don't even know where to do that from. Right. I had to find out what, you know, what roads I'm on. Um, so I'm standing outside. This is, this is even the crazier part. And about five, within five to 10 minutes of me, just, I, I grabbed a big bucket. I was literally trying to hand scoop the snow. snow like, there was no way I was getting out. There's no way. Like it was, I don't even yeah. know if there was winter tires on this thing and it was definitely not heavy enough because I would have had to drive up the hill to get out of the snow. Like it was no, the more I would have reversed would have just put me like further on a, you know, down slope, yeah. which was just going to be super awkward to get out. Um, but then a truck drives by. And some, you know, some guy who must have lived in the neighborhood uh, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know, comes out and he's looking at me. He's like, you need some help? I was like, yeah, yeah I definitely do. <laughs> and then uh, then two minutes of him, his buddy ends up rolling up and he stops him, like slows him down. And you got these two guys and they're just looking at the truck. They're like, yeah, we can get it out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you actually can do this? And they're like, yeah. And they uh, end up grabbing this huge banner out of one of the guy's trucks and they wrapped it around the back of mine. A band, like a big band, like I don't, I, I don't know what to call it. I'm not okay. Yeah, too uh, inclined with the, you know, parlance of vehicular. Yeah, it was just, a, it was a big, 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 like thick band that they could, they could haul things with, right? Got it. So put it on the back of my truck, and this guy just, I'm watching. I'm just sitting there in amazement, like I can't believe this is happening. I don't know if I'm like how I'm this lucky, but, <laughs> and he just starts kicking it in his in his truck, and yeah, like. It took a little while and he almost drove himself off the road, but they ended up getting my, my truck out. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have money on me. I, I mean, I'll grab you guys as much as you want out of the back here. Like, I don't know what else yeah. I can give you. Like, this is amazing. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Like they were just totally, you know, the Canadian attitude about it. And yep. I was like, you have no idea what you've done for me. And, and then, so the one guy's like, oh, well, you know, just follow me. I'll, you know, I'll get you like, where did you want to go? I was like, well, this is the road I came in on. He's like, okay, I'll get you down there. You just got to follow me. I was like, okay, cool. And then he just, of course he lives there yeah. and he's in his truck is just flying down this road and I'm trying to keep up with him. And I'm like, oh my God, like I just got out of the snow <laughs> and I'm, I have to now like follow him and he's going at least like 60 or 70 kilometers on these roads. And I'm like going in 40. I'm like trying to, you know, I'm just yeah. like, I don't, this is insane. Like I can't do this. I think I managed to like, I, I did end up catching up to him eventually, but yeah. And then he's like, okay, like you just take a left here, right here and you'll be out. And I was like, okay. And then, yeah, again, I'm like, I think I'm going the right way. I, I did make it. Um, 
So you delivered the candies. Well, I mean, those are already those are already done. But yeah, no, I, I think I made it out of the mountain. I think it probably it took me about two hours, that thing. So I um, still got out of the mountain and I still had to drive down the one lane highway that I'd come up on. And now it's still got fresh snow like this is in the middle of a snowstorm. So that was like another hour and a half of me driving. And I'm I don't know. It was like nine, ten o'clock. I, I, I think I stopped at an A&W to finally eat. Wow. Um, and then I still had to go like drive the truck to where I, where we had parked it. And, um, you know, there's a very small, uh, opening for the garage and I had to back the, you know, the box truck in and it's like literally probably you might have a foot one way or the other, um, to work with as far as getting it into the, the actual, um, garage. So I, and then, you know, pitch black night, I had to do that at the end of it. And it was, I think it was, yeah, 10, 10 30. I, I, and you know, my girlfriend's sitting there just, freaking out because she knows you know she didn't want me to take the job and i uh definitely knew why after that and uh yeah so you got a an email that weekend and uh, i was pretty much the last of me doing that i was like i yeah this isn't worth it like i just <laughs> yeah I'm like I, I don't mind doing this but i'm not driving a cam loops anymore thank you yeah so yeah that was a pretty nuts night but you survived i did yeah obviously well, thank you for joining me on Mistakes Were Made. Right. And thanks for sharing that story finally. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling about it now? You okay? Uh, it still gets me wound up, but yeah. I really want to go back. It's uh, the, the town I was in is called Pritchard. Yeah. And it looks super nice. So if anybody wants to ever go on a nice country drive, I would suggest doing it between April <laughs> and October. Yeah. Avoid yeah. the snowy region. No. And how are you feeling about having been on Mistakes Were Made? You okay? Uh, I was probably tell a story about this. Okay. Yeah, next time. <laughs> All right, Mickey Fry, thanks for being here. No problem.